You are listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today's episode, we're going to talk about CPTSD, and the subject of this episode is narcissistic abuse and complex post-traumatic stress disorder. This is something that is very common, uh, one of the major leading causes of CPTSD in children that lead into adult life, and I thought it would be a good time to discuss this as it is something that a lot of people are very familiar with and have experienced in their lifetime. So it is important to bring this up so that people are aware and know exactly what's going on. Now, I myself did not grow up with narcissistic parents or any sort of family members. So I didn't get my CPTSD from that. So I am one of the ones that didn't have to deal with uh, narcissism in family. But mine is a little is different, obviously, than than this. But I do know somebody who grew up in a family where narcissism was strong. And they were the ones that suffered because of it. So I want to discuss this in light of that. And I'm going to go over some things like the signs of narcissism, uh, personality disorder, um, just so that everybody's aware, you know, better aware of what's going on. Okay, let's begin. Narcissistic parents cause enormous harm to their children. When grown, these victims of narcissistic abuse face seemingly insurmountable problems including the formation of complex post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD. This article shall examine narcissistic abuse, narcissistic personality disorder, and their effect on the children of narcissism. Narcissistic personality disorder is one of the many diagnosable conditions for those who are narcissists mentioned in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual on Mental Disorders, Edition 5, or the DSM-5. The DSM-5 classifies NPD as a personality disorder and is an accurate diagnosis. Up to 6.2 of the general population have narcissistic personality disorder. People who have MPD have damaged self-esteem that is easily harmed by even small criticisms. They are continually looking to shore up their weak areas of self-opinion. To accomplish this need for self-preservation, they abuse and use other people, including, unfortunately, their own children. Here are some 15 signs that you are dealing with a narcissist. So... When determining whether someone is a narcissist, most people make it more complicated than it needs to be. I use 
I use the duck test. That is, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. There are no physical blood tests, MRIs, or exact determinations that can identify narcissism. Even therapists have to go on just observations of the behavior and attitudes that a person presents. So below are all the traits and behaviors that are signs of a narcissist. Not all of these traits have to be present to make a determination of narcissism. This is just a, di um, a set of um, symptoms, but a person only needs to exhibit 55% of the identified characteristics to be diagnosed with MPD. One, superiority and entitlement. Superiority is the number one sign of a narcissist. There, this is different from all self-confidence alone. The world of a narcissist is all about good, bad, superior, inferior, and right, wrong. There is a definite hierarchy with the narcissist at the top, which is the only place they feel safe. Narcissists have to be the best, the most right, and the most competent, do everything their way, own everything, and control everyone. Interestingly enough, Narcissists can also get that superior feeling by being the worst, the most wrong, or the most ill, upset, or injured. Then they feel entitled to receive soothing concern and recompense, and even the right to hurt you or demand apologies to make things even. This is called vulnerable or covert narcissism. 2. Exaggerated need for attention and validation. Another core narcissistic trait is the constant need for attention. Even just by following you around the house, asking you to find things, or constantly saying something to grab your attention. Validation for a narcissist counts only if it comes from others. Even then it doesn't count for much. A narcissist's need for validation is like a funnel. You pour in positive supportive words and they just fill out the other end and are gone. No matter how much you tell narcissists you love them, admire them, or approve of them, they never feel it's enough because deep down they don't believe that anyone can love them. Despite all their self-absorbed, grandiose bragging, narcissists are actually very insecure and fearful of not measuring up. They constantly try to elicit praise and approval from others to shore up their fragile egos, but no matter how much they're given, they always want more. 3. Perfectionism. You can spot a narcissist through their extremely high need for everything to be perfect. They believe they should be perfect, you should be perfect, events that happen exactly as expected, and life should play out precisely as they envision it. This is an excruciatingly impossible demand, which results in the narcissist feeling dissatisfied and miserable much of the time. The demand for perfection leads to the narcissist to complain and be constantly dissatisfied. 4. Great need for control. Manipulation and trying to grab control of everything is archetypal narcissist behavior. Excuse me if I wrecked that word. Some narcissists are continually disappointed with the imperfect way life unfolds. They want to do as much as possible to control it and mold it to their liking. They want and demand to be in control, and their sense of entitlement makes it seem logical to them that they should be in control of everything. Narcissists always have a storyline in mind about what each character in their interaction should be saying and doing. 
when you don't have, when you don't behave as expected, they become quite upset and unsettled. They don't know what to expect next because you're off script. They demand that you say and do exactly what they have in mind so they can reach their desired conclusion. You are a character in their internal play, not a real person with your own thoughts and feelings. This is why breaking up with a narcissist can be particularly tricky. Five, lack of responsibility. Lack of responsibility, including blaming and deflection, is a glaring sign of a narcissist. Although narcissists want to be in control, they never want to be responsible for the results. Unless, of course, everything goes exactly their way and their desired result occurs. When things don't go according to their plan, or they feel criticized or less than perfect, the narcissist places all the blame and responsibility on someone else to maintain their own facade of perfection. It has to be someone else's fault. Sometimes that blame is generalized. Everyone's out to get them. Most often, however, the narcissist blames the one person who is the most emotionally close, most attached, loyal, and loving in their life. The victims of their narcissistic abuse are the safest people to blame because they are the least likely to leave or reject them. Six, lack of boundaries. Many people lack boundaries or cross other people's boundaries regularly, but among narcissists, this is status quo behavior. Narcissists can't accurately see where they end and you begin. They are a lot like two-year-olds. They believe that everything belongs to them Everyone thinks and feels the same as they do, and everyone wants the same things they do. They are shocked and highly insulted to be no, to be told no, excuse me. If a narcissist wants something from you, they'll go to great lengths to figure out how to get it through persistence, casualing, demanding, rejecting, or pouting. These are all common narcissistic behaviors. Seven, lack of empathy. Narcissists have very little ability to emphasize with others. This lack of empathy is a hallmark sign of narcissism. Narcissists tend to be selfish and self-involved and are usually unable to understand what other people are feeling. They expect others to think and feel the same as they do and seldom give any thought to how others feel. They are also rarely apologetic, remorseful, or guilty. Some narcissists also lack an understanding of the nature of feelings. They don't understand how their feelings occur. They think their feelings are caused by someone or something outside of themselves. They don't realize that their feelings are caused by their own biochemistry, thoughts, and interpretations. In a nutshell, narcissists always think you are you cause their feelings, especially the negative ones. They conclude that because you didn't follow their plan or because you made them feel vulnerable, you are to blame. The lack of empathy makes true emotional connection and relationships with narcissists difficult or impossible where you're dating one or were raised by a narcissist. They don't, they just don't notice what anyone else is feeling. Eight, perceiving everything as a threat. Although they're highly attuned to perceive threats, anger and rejection from others, narcissists frequently misread misread subtle facial expressions and are typically biased towards interpreting facial expressions as negative. Unless you are acting out your emotions dramatically, the narcissist won't accurately perceive what you're feeling. Even saying I'm sorry or I love you when a narcissist is on edge and angry can backfire. 
they won't believe you and may even misperceive your comment as an attack. In addition, if your words and expressions aren't congruent, the narcissist will likely respond erroneously or get defensive. This is why narcissists often misinterpret sarcasm as actual agreement or joking from others as a personal attack. The lack of ability to correctly read body language, a common narcissist trait, is one reason narcissists are def deficiently empathetic to your feelings. They don't see them, they don't interpret them correctly, and overall they don't believe you feel any differently than they do. 9. Emotional Reasoning You've probably made the mistake of trying to reason and use logic with a narcissist to get them to understand the painful effects their behavior have on you. You think that if they understand how much their behavior hurt you, they'll change. Your explanations, however, don't make sense to the narcissist, who only seems able to be aware of their own thoughts and feelings. Although narcissists may say they understand, they honestly don't. Therefore, narcissists make most of their decisions based on how they feel about something. They simply must have that red sports car, based entirely on how they feel driving it, not by whether it is a good choice to make for the family or for the budget. If they are bored or depressed, they want to move or end the relationship or start a new business. They always look to something for or someone outside themselves to resolve their feelings and needs. They expect you to go along with their solutions and they react with irritation and resentment if you don't. 10. Splitting. The narcissist's personality is split into good and bad parts and they also split everything in their relationships into good and bad. Any negative thoughts or behaviors are blamed on you or others, whereas they take credit for everything that is positive and good. They deny their negative words and actions while continually accusing you of disapproving. They also remember things as completely good and wonderful or as bad and horrible. They can't seem to mix these two constructs. A few examples of a narcissist splitting behavior in action. Marty labeled the whole vacation ruined and the worst ever because the hotel room didn't meet his expectations and the weather wasn't perfect. Bob was blamed for 20 years because he wasn't there when his wife had their first child even though he was stranded in Chicago in a snowstorm. Alice's husband dismissed her concerns about the $30,000 cost for the new landscaping because he loved it. Narcissists aren't able to see, feel, or remember both the positive and the negative in a situation. They can deal with only one perspective at a time. Theirs. 11. Fear of Rejection and Ridicule The narcissist's entire life is motivated and energized by fear. You wouldn't initially pick this out as a sign of a narcissist through, though, because most narcissists' fears are deeply buried and repressed. They, they're constantly afraid of being ridiculed, rejected, or wrong. They may have fears about germs, about losing all their money, about being emotionally or physically attacked, about being seen as bad or inadequate, or about being abandoned. This makes it difficult and sometimes impossible for the narcissist to trust anyone else. Hmm, excuse me. In fact, the closer your relationship becomes, the less they will trust you. 
Narcissists fear any true intimacy or vulnerability because they're afraid you'll see their imperfections and judge or reject them. No amount of reassurance seems to make a difference because narcissists deeply hate and reject their own shameful imperfections. Narcissists never seem to develop trust in the love of others, and they continually test you with worse and worse behaviors to try to find your breaking point. Their gripping fear of being found out or abandoned never seems to dissipate. 12. Anxiety. Anxiety is an ongoing, vague feeling that something bad is happening or about to happen. Some narcissists show their anxiety by talking constantly about the doom that is about to happen, while some hide and repress their anxiety. But most narcissists project their anxiety onto their closest loved ones, accusing them of being negative, unsupportive, mentally ill, not putting them first, not responding to their needs, or being selfish. All this is designed to transfer anxiety to the loved one in an attempt to not feel it themselves. As you feel worse and worse, the narcissist feels better and better. In fact, they feel stronger and more superior as you feel your anxiety and depression grow. 13. Deeply repressed shame. Narcissists don't feel much guilt because they think they are always right and they don't believe their behaviors really affect anyone else. But they harbor a lot of shame. Shame is the belief that there is something deeply and permanently wrong or bad about who you are. Buried in a deeply repressed part of the narcissist are all the insecurities, fears, and rejected traits that they are constantly on guard to hide from everyone, including themselves. The narcissist is acutely ashamed of all these rejected thoughts and feelings. Keeping their vulnerabilities hidden is essential to the narcissist's pretend self-esteem or false self. Ultimately, however, this makes it impossible for them to be completely real and transparent. 14. An, Ill an inability to be truly vulnerable. Because of their inability to understand feelings, their lack of empathy and constant need for self-protection, narcissists can't truly love or connect emotionally with other people. They cannot look at the other world or sorry, at the world from anyone else's perspective. This makes them emotionally needy. When one relationship is no longer satisfying, they often overlap relationships or start a new one as soon as possible. They desperately want someone to feel their pain, to sympathize with them, and to make everything just as they want it to be. It's a form of codependency, except they have little ability to respond to your pain or fear, and even your day-to-day -day need for care and sympathy. And 15. An inability to communicate or work as part of a team. Thoughtful, cooperative behaviors require a real understanding of each other's feelings. How will the other person feel? Will this action make both of us happy? How will this affect our relationship? These are questions that narcissists don't have the capacity or the motivation to think about. Don't expect the narcissist to understand your feelings, give in, or give up anything they want for your benefit. It's useless. Oh, there are many types of narcissists, but these are some of the qualities that they all have in common. All right. I am going to take a break. And when I come back, we will continue talking about narcissism with CPTSD. All right, everybody. Talk to you soon.
Hi everybody and welcome back to Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Again, we are talking about narcissism with CPTSD, a topic that I'm sure many of you are very familiar with, as I'm sure a lot of you have were brought up in a family with one or two narcissists. Uh, I know I know someone who has been as well. So, all right, let's continue, shall we? Okay, <clears throat> narcissism and childhood emotional neglect. This is going to be a big one. Okay. All right. According to Tomes and Brummelman, the development of narcissism begins at around the ages of seven or eight. This is the time when children begin to evaluate themselves according to how they perceive others. Although narcissism comes partly down to genes, it is also impacted by the environment. If a child grows up with the loving, warm, and supportive parents who take an active interest in what they do and their life as a whole, the child is much more likely to conclude that they are innately worthy, as their primary caregivers certainly seem to think so. However, if a child is brought up by parents who over-exaggerate the child's qualities, praising them for everything superficial that they do, the child will deduce that in some ways they are superior to others, a core belief of all narcissists. If at the same time the parents don't connect properly or engage only superficially with the child, they will also be dealing with a major attachment dysfunction which can result in a traumatic rupturing of the child's psyche. As well as believing themselves to be better than others, they will receive the conflicting message that their innermost selves and feelings are not worth attention. This article wants to further explore the idea that the lack of parental engagement in a child's life, childhood emotional neglect, can result in narcissistic traits developing within an individual. Childhood emotional neglect. A child who is raised by parents who fail to respond adequately to their emotions and emotional needs for whatever reason may experience childhood emotional neglect. As a child who doesn't get their emotional needs met, they receive a subliminal message basically telling them that their needs are not important enough to be taken care of. When this happens as a protective tool, often children will grow up learning to push down any emotion or block them out altogether. Although hiding from emotions may have worked as a protective measure in childhood, as an adult, it can have serious negative effects on your ability to function normally. Numbing yourself from your feelings will keep you disconnected and isolated from other people, stopping you from being able to form healthy relationships. It will also make you feel less valued and less worthy than other people. Narcissism is a spectrum. People can vary between having slight narcissistic personality traits to clinically diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder. Individuals with traits of narcissism may be self-centered and grandiose. They may also be willing to walk over others in order to get where they want to in life. When someone has clinically diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder, it is much more extreme. They will have a desperate need to be admired, believe themselves to be better in every way than others, have no ability to feel empathy, and as such will fully, fully exploit other people to fulfill their own status and achieve ultimate control and power. The link between the two. There are many reasons children may not have had their emotional needs met, one of which could be that they were raised by a narcissistic parent. 
Because narcissistic parents will be focused on getting their own needs met, the needs of their children go untended. It can then often become a perpetuating cycle as many narcissistic people will themselves have grown up with extreme narcissists for parents and experienced an acute variety of emotional neglect. Narcissism may in part be down to genes, but often a narcissist will also have grown up in a household where their emotional needs were not only were not only completely ignored, but also where they would have been superficially praised for things that are meaningless or indeed inaccurate. Emotional neglect, along with a misplaced sense of superiority, is at the core of every narcissist. At the center of both individuals suffering from narcissism and those with CEN is often the same feelings of being alone, empty, and insignificant. They just have two very different ways of expressing these feelings. Although these two disorders are very different externally, in a strange contradictory way, they actually serve to cause and perpetuate each other, especially as many CEN sufferers are attracted to narcissists in adult life. Yeah, wow. So, bottom line is, they're like, imagine if your parent or parents, whether it was your mom or your dad, always worried about themselves or, or tried to, you know, take care of themselves, always wanted to be the center of attention. And so you, as the child, would multiple times start to feel neglected emotionally. Um, some, sometimes it can be as bad as the narcissistic parent being physically abusive in order to get strength or to feel superior as well. And so what that ends up doing, of course, to the child is that can either turn them into, over time, a narcissist themselves or will suffer from CPTSD because they have felt their life being threatened and are not being taken care of by their parent or parents, which is something that they should be because they are completely vulnerable and are not capable of taking care of themselves at, a, at an early age in childhood. And this repeated event, whether it is emotional or physical abuse, is what's creating these child parts and the CPTSD coming on and eventually leads to that person experiencing multiple triggers and flashbacks, which is them reliving their trauma from the past when they were a child. You know, anytime that they experience any sort of sign or symptom that they're being left, you know, like they're not being taken care of, they're being abused, they're being neglected, they're being abandoned, uh, it will trigger them and then they will, you know, be feeling a flashback to uh, an earlier time in their life and it is obviously extremely harmful to them. It's one of those things that unfortunately, if it's difficult to notice as a child what is happening, as far as you know, your parents or parents just don't care about you, they don't love you, they could care less what happens to you. 
as long as their own needs and their feeling taken care of and their feeling as their the number one priority they're superior to everybody else especially to their child because they don't want their they don't they realize that their child is requiring more attention and more care and love than they're receiving and therefore they want that child to not get any in order you know and then they be like they get beat down emotionally and physically at times so that they will basically not challenge the parent in any way to feel less superior you know more superior than that than that person so it is definitely something that over time with therapy can be fixed or worked on but the fact that it's genetic and it gets it will get passed down both because of the way that the child was treated and brought up and the fact that it it can be genetic it's very difficult habit and a you know like a repetitive trait to to stop and a lot of a good majority of these people who as a child suffer from the abuse from a narcissist they often turn into one themselves because it's the only way they know to get their needs met and it can be pretty extreme obviously as i've said so it's something that unfortunately is very harmful for a child and if it gets severe enough where it's physical abuse and mental abuse like i said already the child develops cptsd and is scarred for life even with tons and tons of therapy and work it's extremely difficult for them to fully recover some people can but a lot of them not won't necessarily be able to recover okay let's continue narcissistic abuse narcissistic abuse is defined as abuse where the parent or parents use emotional abandonment withholding affection manipulation and uncaring against their children to promote themselves narcissistic abuse might include silent treatment or include a parent raging attacking and lying it may also involve blaming to shame and build guilt into their offspring to force them to fulfill their own needs Victims of narcissistic abuse syndrome have many of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, including but not limited to the following. Flashbacks and nightmares, reliving the trauma from narcissistic abuse. Being on alert 24-7, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Easily startled, loud or unexpected noises make one jump. Feeling detached from one, one's emotions or body. Avoidance behavior. Avoiding situations like large crowds or anything that reminds them reminds one of the abuse. Avoiding intimate relationships. Not being able to trust others or believing others to be dangerous hampers any form of intimacy. Lack of emotional regulation. Having uncontrollable emotions such as chronic sadness or anger. An inaccurate perception of the narcissist. Being preoccupied with the relationship between the victim and the narcissist or continuously thinking of revenge. An overwhelming sense of guilt or shame. Feeling utterly different from the other people and not worthy of life. Although other symptoms of complex post-traumatic stress disorder are caused by narcissistic abuse, 
The above list is enough to tell a horrific story of those who fall victim to narcissistic abuse. All right. Overt versus covert narcissistic, abu narcissistic abuse. Overt narcissists are easily identifiable because they are loud, incentive, and arrogant. They are oblivious and disregarding the needs of others and are always looking for a compliment from others. Overt narcissists are easily noticed as their behavior is grandiose and they fill a room with their presence. On the other hand, covert is much harder to identify as this type of narcissist appears shy and anxious about what others think of them. However, covert narcissists are dangerous because of how they hide their real identity as one who will abuse their children because they crave admiration and importance. Both types of narcissists from form unhealthy relationships, but covert narcissists can commit crimes against their children, including narcissism and Munchausen syndrome by proxy. All right, narcissism by proxy. Narcissism by proxy occurs when a narcissist uses those around them to express their own feelings of inadequacy and fear. They do this by inciting their emotions in their children by being manipulative, by using manipulative behaviors and cause mental harm to those around them. Another way of stating the above is to say that narcissists, especially malignant covert narcissists, use the faults and weaknesses of those around them to control and manipulate them. They do this to hide or relieve their own feelings of weakness. Monchausen by proxy syndrome. Perhaps one of the most insidious and most dangerous of all the behavior a narcissist can exhibit is Munchausen by proxy syndrome. This crime includes the narcissist causing or making up illnesses and injuries in their children. They do this to appear as the victim and hero in other people's eyes. The narcissist parent, or sorry, the narcissistic parent appears to be kind, gentle, loving, and above all, self-sacrificing at the expense of their children's mental health. They seem dedicated to the welfare of their children while lying about their tortured offspring who are desperate to be seen and rescued. No one knows how many professionals have been duped by this type of malignant narcissist. Still, the number of children who have died as a result must be enormous. Narcissistic Parents and the Formation of CPTSD it is not hard to see why children of narcissistic parents often form complex post-traumatic stress disorder. These kids are subjected to repeated and horrific abuse at the hands of people they should be able to count on for their care. CPTSD forms as a result of two chronic traumatization that lasts for months or years. The traumatization includes physical, sexual, and for our needs in this article, emotional abuse. Unfortunately, narcissistic parents might be part of human trafficking or another ring of abuse and use their children for their financial gain. Malignant narcissistic parents attempt to destroy the lives of their children, causing them to exhibit all the signs of someone who has CPTSD. Wow. All right, ending our time together. Narcissism is a treatable disorder but seldom do narcissists admit they have a problem with their behavior, let alone seek help. It is easily seen how narcissistic abuse by parents damages their children and, unless the child finds support as an adult, can ruin their lives. Whew. That's pretty crazy. Like, it's sad and horrific how 
kids, children can go through that and they have no way of protecting themselves. They have to come up with ways to, you know, protect their lives when they've got someone who's doing this to them. And it, it's amazing what it will do to them in the future and affect their lives entirely. And if they don't get any help, it's impossible for them to really grow and, and you know, heal in any way. That is pretty intense. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I feel very lucky, but I, I am sorry to all those who have gone through this when they were a child and weren't able to stop it and had no way or means of ending the abuse. Whether it was a parent, both your parents, uh, a relative, even a teacher or some, you know, someone in your life that was doing this to you, I really am sorry that this is something that you had to go through. It's horrific and you did not deserve any of it. I often think about that and it saddens me because you can't exactly confront this person especially if they don't think that they are or they don't believe it or they don't want to look for help they could become very defensive and very harmful or dangerous because they're being accused and seen especially if it's in front of other people as someone who's a bad person and that is definitely the last thing that a person who is narcissistic wants to have occur to them, especially in front of other people who care about them. It, I, I'm just saddened by how many people have to go through this on a regular basis as a child. It's pretty pathetic and pretty sickening. And I'm glad that some are getting help, but it still doesn't take away from the past and what those people were doing to that child or children, especially if it was to the point where they were physically abusing them, you know, beating them up, uh, emotionally abusing them. It, they're both horrible and you know, nobody deserves to be treated like that. Children are innocent and deserve none of the abuse that they're being given. And I have to, you know, for those who have gotten help and are out there seeing a therapist on a regular basis and doing the hard work and beginning the healing or have been in process of healing from the CPTSD, um, good on you. Um, I think you guys are amazing and very strong and very courageous to do this. And hopefully you never have to deal with that ever again in your lives. You don't deserve it ever. Okay. Um, my Twitter account, ADHD and CPTSD, um, come and see me, give me a shout, let me know what you think, give me a follow on Twitter, 
Um, this episode is going to be on YouTube and it will be available at the same time that this podcast is released. So if you want to watch me on YouTube, please go ahead and do that. It is going to be in the subject heading of the podcast. And so you could go that way or you could just go to YouTube and look up Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Uh, my website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca and I'm hoping that more and more of my listeners will show and tell other people about my podcast and get the word out and increase my listenership and more and more people out there can start getting the help and start understanding and realizing that they're not alone and that there are people out there who are just like them and are doing the hard work and hopefully that will show them that they too can get help and start healing okay that is it for today's episode stay tuned for next week we'll have more episodes of ADHD and CPTSD on Friday and Saturday we are entering the month of February so to all those who celebrate happy Valentine's Day on the 14th I know that's a ways away but it's coming plenty of time to do something for that special loved one in your life Um, yeah by the way there is lots of a lot of resources online that you can look up for CPTSD Um, you know go through find it Uh, if you're not seeing a therapist right now and you need some help there's definitely a lot of ways of finding those out there who deal with CPTSD um, it was recently just released on the, the ICM-11 is now being officially recognized as a diagnosis in a disability, whereas the DSM-5 does not recognize CPTSD as a disability in the United States. All right, that's it. Okay, everybody, have a great week, and I will talk to you all later. Bye-bye.